Good morning, everyone. Great to be with you guys this morning. I am super excited, and normally when I speak, I you know I have go through my routine, routines, know how to quote unquote practice the message, know what to review last minute, and just to kind of work through my progressions, you know. Um, well, this morning I come here and I see friendly faces. I feel the Emmaus excitement. And like, I feel like all my preparations out the window, like um, just, and so my hope and prayer is just that I'm, that uh, my excitement won't, uh, won't trump the message this morning. And so, so great to be with you guys this morning. Um, you know, I was thinking, particularly when we were singing those songs, listening to the, um, to the girls' choir, I was thinking about Emmaus and you know, it's alumni weekend. I was thinking, you know, like times change and like styles change and hairstyles change and just, um, you know, Oak Park, Illinois to Dubuque, Iowa, the locations change. But, you know, the mission of Emmaus stays the same, um, that the Lord Jesus Christ would be glorified, honored, his word would be faithfully taught, and in all things we would remember as we look at scripture, the things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so happy to be here, Alumni Weekend, Emmaus Bible College. Got to give one special shout out. This morning, I have my mom with me this morning. So, yeah. So, <laughs> yes. I, thank you, thank you. This, uh, this tie, actually, she sent me in a care package when I was a freshman. Adamea, so a little nostalgia, you know, so, but uh, yeah, very special to have her with me this morning um, on the drive over here to Dubuque, so, uh, well, very, very well, why don't we open in a word of prayer, and then we'll get, we'll get to the message this morning, so, here we go. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come here to chapel with Bibles open, looking to the Word of God. What would God teach us this morning? Help us to soak it in this morning, God. Open hearts. I pray that your Holy Spirit would be working among us, planting these truths deep, bringing conviction, bringing worship of you, bringing joy. We ask for your help. I pray that for my own life too, God, that this message would touch my life. And uh, like I just said, pray that your Holy Spirit would empower me this morning to accurately teach your word. And God, I just want to say to you, thank you for the ministry of Emmaus Bible College. Um, thank you for its faithfulness for, I don't even know how many years now, 80 years or so. And um, may there be 80 more years of faithfully teaching God's word. We do pray these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I like a good pirate story. Okay? Anyone out there like a pirate story? A sea, there we go, a sea fair's tale. That's right. You think of the book Treasure Island, published 1883, and still a favorite among many. You think of like this, it's kind of like a romanticized pirate adventure. 
a pirate with a treasure map, doing all he or she can to find the treasure, facing the seas, overcoming obstacles. But through it all, think of a treasure map. X marks the spot. They got their eye on the treasure, the eye on the prize, doing what they can to find that treasure. Well, we as Christians, we have our own treasure. Something much more valuable than gold or jewels. Something we need to be pursuing. And that is the treasure of wisdom. May we long for it. May we desire wisdom. If we need to face trials, face obstacles, hey, may we keep pursuing it with our heart. The treasure of wisdom. And, you know, for us as Christians, we have a whole book of the Bible on wisdom. The book of Proverbs, written by King Solomon. Just one more shout out for Alumni Weekend. Anyone know what professor of Emmaus read a, pro, a chapter in Proverb every day? Anyone know? Dan Smith, that's right. This was his book. And so, so may we, in a way, dedicate this to our beloved Dan Smith. So the text for today is Proverbs chapter 3. This is one of the most familiar passages in Proverbs, maybe the most familiar. Um, it is not, I can put this, it's not like Proverbs specific, like you think of a proverb as like a short, concise statement with the general truth, like the early bird catches the worm, like an American proverb. This, Proverbs chapter 3, is in a way a wisdom essay, a wisdom essay talking about how the one who gains wisdom prospers in the eyes of the Lord. Okay, so Proverbs chapter 3, the wisdom essay. And we'll work through the first 12 verses here. Let's look at verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. You see the idea of wisdom kind of as a father teaching a son or teaching a, a student. Do not forget these teachings. Do not forget them, but let your heart keep my commandments. Right away, my mind is drawn to the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, think about the commandments of God. You know, do not steal, do not murder, do not commit adultery. You know, and of course, we shouldn't do those things. But look at verse 1. It says, let your heart keep your commandments. I think of the words of Christ. Like, of course, we don't want to murder. But there's a deeper level. Keep the commandment with your heart. Not only murder, but hatred is wrong. Not only adultery, but lust is wrong. Keep the commandments with your heart. Look at verse 2. Length of days, years of life, and peace they will add to you. The teachings of wisdom have a natural benefit to life. Keeps you out of trouble. Uh, keeps you 
in a general sense, toward the path of safety. Keeps you out of bad um, health-type decisions. Yes, wisdom points us. It is to peace and to life-benefiting choices. May we pursue wisdom. Verse 3. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Look at that. Steadfast love. Faithfulness. Keep these close to you. I think of like a, a necklace. Um, my, my daughter, Autumn, she's four. She's been lately wearing this huge gold necklace like around her neck. And she likes it. And it's like, it remind, like do you know the 80s Mr. T? Like it reminds me of that a little bit. Like she's, she's everywhere. She's got this big gold necklace. And it's with her. Um, and so like you think of that, like faithfulness, steadfast love. May they be close to you. Maybe like lately when I see my daughter Autumn, I see that necklace. Like may they just be something when we, when we see you. I see Joe. May I see faithfulness, steadfast love. In verse 4, look at this. Favor and good success in the sight of God and man. I think a lot of us understand that love and faithfulness, these are pleasing to God. God is pleased when we do acts of love and when we're faithful to our commitments. But it's interesting that this says this is also favorable in the sight of man. You know, I, I, I think that's true. You know, I think of coworkers. They like, we like each other when we have steadfast love and faithfulness in the workplace. Um, you know, I think about the common grace out there where in life you might meet people who are uh, diametrically different from you in personality or political leanings. But, you know, there's a common grace you can find in love and faithfulness. This is pleasing in the sight of God and man. So may we have these close to us. Verses 5 and 6, trust, ooh, you guys know these verses? Some of my all-time favorites. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord. You know, I, th I think out of these verses, the hardest part is that phrase, with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in His promises. Trust in Him. Trust in what He has set out. Trust in what He has said. Trust in the Lord with all our heart. May it be our focus. May it be our desire. May it be our goal with all our heart. Lean not on your own understanding. You know, I think this phrase, not your own understanding, I, it's not saying don't use wisdom, but rather I think it's admonishing us, don't go with the wisdom of this world. 
Don't go with the natural flow of wisdom this world points us to. Um, I think of a story a few years ago. We had a, a young gal in our chapel. We were, we were going to send her out on the mission field, our, our chapel was, and she, she was desiring to go to a very poor um, country in Africa. She wanted to do missions work there. And she was in French class. She was learning the language of French. And her classmates heard about this. And her class objected to it. They said, why would you want to go there? That is a poor country. Why? Like, no. They said, you are an American girl full of opportunity. Why would you want to go to this very extremely poor country? And I thought, well, that's their own understanding. That's the wisdom of this world, to just go with the flow. America, land of opportunity. She was forsaking that for the sake of the gospel, to go somewhere counterintuitive to what our culture says to do. And so we lean not on our own understanding. We do not just go with the flow. In this world, no. We trust in the Lord. We follow Him. In all our ways, we acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him along the way for every victory, for every triumph that comes our way. I remember an old Steve Green song. Any Steve Green fans out there? There we go. Yeah, a couple. Yep, so old school, yes. Steve Green, um, song Glory to You. He says, Any strength I have, any good I do, comes from the life I have found in you. So with all I have and with all I do, I give the glory to you. Amen. Any strength we have, any good we do, comes from what we have found in the Lord. So in everything, may we give glory to God. In all our ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make our path straight. He will direct our paths. God is good. He is faithful, even when we can't see it. We trust in Him, we follow Him, we acknowledge Him, not our own understanding, and in the end, He will make our paths straight. Let's go with another band, uh, Wren Collective. You guys know them? All right. I, I love this song. A lot of times I'll sing this to my daughter at night, the chorus. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness, I will follow you. Whoa. <laughs> my lighthouse, my lighthouse, What's the next line say? I will trust the promise. You will carry me safe to shore, safe to shore. We will trust the promise. We will follow him. Even when we can't see it, even in, am I going with that illustration, the storms of life, we'll trust the promise. He will carry us. He will make our paths straight.
I know we got more verses to cover, but I just I want to just pause and just throw it out for application. Like maybe you're out there and maybe you're in the wilderness right now. Maybe you're out in the storms of life and you cannot see the promises of God, their fulfillment. I would just like to encourage you. I know our trials are tough and I don't want to minimize the trials we go through in life. Some are very deep. But may we remember Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. May we trust the promise he will carry us safe to shore. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. May that be our goal. May that be our desire with all our heart. Not on our own understanding. Okay? You know, the world may say, ah, the promises of God. No, just do what you know to do. No. What does God say? How is God directing you? Lean not on our own understanding. Along the way, acknowledge him. And what does this promise say? He will make our path straight. So if you are a believer out there feeling discouraged, trust the promise. Keep following him. He will make your path straight. Verses 7 and 8 carry on this idea of not our own understanding. It says, Do not be wise in your own eyes, but instead fear the Lord Turn from evil. Okay, fear the Lord. You think of respecting Him. You think of not wanting to break His heart. Um, you think of His majesty in light of who He is. We, we want to honor the Lord and do what He says to do. We don't want to do what our own eyes tell us to do, what our own hearts in a way. But we fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. And look at verse 8. Look at the, the prospering side, you might say. Healing to our flesh, refreshment to our bones. It will restore us. Turning away from evil, turning to the Lord, has a restorating fact about it. Verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. You know, these verses here in 9 and 10, I think, you know, some of us, you know, Americans, we might balk at kind of these ideas and these verses. We honor the Lord with our wealth and first fruits, barns filled with plenty, vats bursting with wine. Um, I think. I know when I was reading these verses, maybe you had the same feelings. Um, we, there's a little bit of hesitation. Um, unfortunately, you know, we know there is some unfortunate, uh, erroneous theology that treats these verses like a mutual fund or like a stock market. You, hey, invest your money with the Lord and you will be wealthy. You know, you will have riches untold. And it is kind of treating these verses like a mutual fund. And I think that that misses the point. The focus of these verses is, I think, the first phrase, honor the Lord with your wealth. It's not to get the return. 
No, it's, that, that's, it's an absolute in and of itself. Honor the Lord with your wealth. What he has given you, in a way, honor it. Give it back to him. You know, maybe it's not literally giving it back to him, but maybe there's a dedication aspect of giving it back to him. And then, verse 10, he will provide for your needs. Not just a little, but he will provide in plenty. Bursting, filled with plenty. I know in... And this life, I've never had a, I've never been rich per se, like in like by American st- standards. I guess you know a lot of the world I would be, but American standards, I've never considered myself a person of great wealth and um, and riches. But um, there was a time in my life where I had grapevines and. Um, it was actually during my seminary years, and I tell you, those grapes, that, those vines, they grew the best grapes. I tell you, muscadine grapes. Anyone know muscadine? Right, yep, okay, I see a couple hands. Yep, Roy, yep. And so, yeah, just the, yeah, the best. I would eat a whole, like, large bowl every night during my seminary years, and um, they just grew, and they were huge, and my brother told me he thought they were planted over a septic tank, but um, that's, my mom told me on the way over that was not true. But um, I would just, I had so many of these grapes, and I would just, I'd bring them to seminary in bags and just give them to my professors and fellow students, and um, I later learned they sold for $5 a pint at the far- farmer's market, so yeah, I could have I paid for seminary. <laughs> just, anyway, and that... that <laughs> That wouldn't have been wrong, but I, um, it, was, it was fun for just a time in my life to be able to, like I had so many grapes I didn't know what to do with, just to give them out with, I think, <laughs> sorry, I thought of a funny story. I remember I heard, I, was, I had a bag of grapes, and I, I was walking, and I heard at seminary someone just say the word grapes, and so I just stopped and gave them to them, like just, uh, they were having a conversation about grapes with someone, and I just said, hey, you want some? And so anyway... Oh, sorry. But uh, my hope is that if I am ever, quote-unquote, blessed with um, you know, money or riches in this life, my hope is that my heart would not become captivated by them, but that I would, I would hope in my heart I would still be, I would remember the grapes and um, be like that. So, so that is the hope for us. If the Lord does bless us materially, may it be a sense of giving, um, of not just hoarding resources, but of, of sharing. So we honor the Lord with our wealth. He will provide for our needs. Verses 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father in whom he delights. The Lord corrects our paths. He is active in our lives. Um, If we're going down a wrong path, there's many times where, you know, the Lord might rescue us from from the choice, steer us in the wrong way, or steer us in the right way, steer us from the wrong way. He's a father. He's a loving, heavenly father. 
He wants to correct us. He wants to correct our wrong behaviors. I know yesterday, I, I have four kids. My son, Elliot, he's eight. He was, he was lying on the floor on his back yesterday, and he looks over to his brother and says, Hey, Anthony, jump on my face. <laughs> and so I just, you know, as a dad, you know, no, don't do that. You know, there's a, he put a pillow over his head and I said, no, you can't do that, son. That is, I don't know what he was thinking. But the idea is, as a loving father, I want to prevent that behavior and steer them in the right direction. Um, that would, you know, we just don't need to be doing that in the household. And so the Lord is like that for us. Uh, he corrects us. He steers us. And, you know, I... Just be very thankful. He can save us from doing some harm to our lives, some life-altering harm. Praise the Lord for his discipline. Praise to God be the glory for the ways he does stop us in our tracks and point us in the right direction. So that's Proverbs chapter 3, 1 through 12. It is full of bits of truth, lots of wisdom. It's a treasure. It's a treasure. And I know my, it might be a little silly, my illustration of like the pirate searching for the treasure. But nonetheless, may that be our desire, to keep our eye on the treasure map, to keep our eye on what we're searching for, wisdom, strive for it with our whole hearts. There's lots in the Proverbs that says that wisdom is better than great riches. May that be our hearts, our desires as Christians. I just want to make one more point in closing because I can't pass this up. Um, just thinking once again at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. I think of um, growing up in the assemblies and particularly having the weekly breaking of bread service. There's always an encouragement to, to see the Lord Jesus Christ in the scriptures. To uh, How does this point to Christ? And, and that's the theme of Emmaus as well, the things concerning himself. And I just want to point out Christ in these verses. Think about how we trust in him for salvation. We trust in him with all our hearts. It's not our own understanding. It's not, hey, how can I save myself through intellectual rigor or by good works? No, not our own understanding. Of course, we acknowledge him as the crucified and risen Savior. And in the end, he makes our path straight. It says in Psalm 23, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the end, he makes our path straight. Heaven is waiting for us, a home in heaven with him. And so, Proverbs 3, 1 through 12, particularly 5 and 6, Lord Jesus Christ, truly the one who, in the end, makes our path straight. Let's look to God in prayer, and we'll close out there. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for the book of Proverbs. Thank you for this beloved section, particularly uh, verses 1 through chapter 3, 1 through 12, that is dear to many of us. God, we think of the pursuit of wisdom. May we true pursue it with all our hearts, overcome obstacles, persevere to find the treasure of wisdom. And Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Thank you that he died on the cross for our sins, rose again to new life, paying the penalty for our sins, and in a very an ultimate sense, making our path straight. We give glory and honor to him this morning. We pray these things in the name of our